This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Totally blessed. Totally uh, wondering when will words have meaning? Can we go back to a time when words are defined and commonly accepted definitions rule the day? Honestly, can we just have a moment in America where when someone says they're talking about, oh, I don't know, an assault rifle, that we all know exactly what they're talking about? That's what I'm a little miffed about today. And and I, I have every right to be because if you're having a conversation with anyone, even, even among people who support gun ownership, the minute someone says assault rifle, everybody has a different picture in their head. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, this whole conversation for me was prompted by Megan McCain and her, she's, she's, she's making a great point to support gun ownership, right? She's making a great point, but she's making it in a way that makes no sense. So we're going to, we're going to dig into that. Um, I also, I want to get into a little bit of a discussion about what happens when a city declares itself a sanctuary state or a sanctuary city, sanctuary county. Um, what happens when they do that? And then wage gains under President Trump. They've been ooge. They're they're enormous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just noticed on the live stream my hair is sticking straight up. Okay. Um we can we can work with that, I guess. So again, one one thing we can't do is we can't all be talking about the same subject but using different terms, terms that we that are undefined. We're just going to dig into that today. Um and then of course other stuff. We're going to get into other stuff as well. I want to say a huge thank you to those who are currently supporting the show on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Stacy on the right. If you want to support us, um, we've had a couple of people, you know, they've dive bombed out of there. They're no longer supporting and I get it. You know, it's, this is one of those things where it has to be something you want to do, but if you are supporting the show, thank you. And um, if you did and you aren't anymore, thank you as well. I appreciate the time that you were with us. And if you haven't yet done that, please consider going over to patreon.com slash Stacey on the right or go to our uh, PayPal site and you can do a one-time support there. And that goes to help fund the stuff that's going on with the show. Um, not buying cowgirl boots with that. You know, th- that's that's money that goes to support the costs that are associated with being independently syndicated. So we get some advertisers in here and then they'll be footing the bills, hopefully. <laughs> All right. So uh, welcome in to everyone who's watching on the live streams. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, don't forget tomorrow, if you're local to St. Louis, you can actually hear me at the Family Vision Library. I'm going to be doing a rundown of what to expect in the fall uh, for campaign season and everything having to do with congressional actions that are on the docket. I'll even be going over the calendar when they're going to be in session and when they're off. And it's interesting how few of the days they're actually going to be there because we're going into the holiday season. And they typically want to do two things, be at home with their families in their home districts, and they want to do some fundraising and glad handing and kind of taking the temperature of the people who hopefully will be voting for them again next year. So uh, I'll be talking about the calendar, legislative priorities, um, even from presidential going all the way down, and what to expect campaign-wise, because there are some interesting things on the horizon for that as well. So I'll be doing all of that at the Family Vision Library tomorrow. We're having lunch, and it's, uh, I think it's 15 to get in. I'm not sure. That just covers the cost of the lunch. I'm not getting a fee for doing this talk. So, um, and you know, I'd love to meet you and shake your hand if you want to check it out. If you're here local to St. Louis, it's the Family Vision Library in St. Charles, Missouri. It's a red Trump country out there. So we're going to be having a good time. Um, so let's talk about this. First off, um, let's just, let's just do a quick, easy topic. 
before we launch off into the guns and the audio of Megan McCain, um, are you a diet soda drinker? So if you are, you might be thinking, what's this got to do with anything? Well, Market Watch has a new, um, they have a new article out over there. They, this study actually, it's a study that touched 452,000 people. So they, they went in and talked to these people and looked at their habits and found that sugar-free sodas are linked to a higher risk of death. Now you might be thinking, really? So take it with a grain of salt. I always do when I see these studies. But diet sodas have, uh, a lot of them have aspartame or a, basically it's a different kind of sweetener in them. Now some of the sweeteners are, you know, health guru approved and others are not. I happen to be of the mindset that I can just have less sugar, but real sugar and just do it that way. Um, and then there's also things you can do if you want to, you want to lower the amount of sugar, but still have sweetness, you can add other things to your drink or you can use different kinds of, uh, cream. If, if we're talking about like hot drinks, coffee drinks, if you use different kinds of cream, like coconut creamer, if you're not allergic to almonds, like I am almond creamer, you know, you, you can do things to sweeten your drink and it won't be as sweet as it was when you were full blown Starbucks Frappuccino, but you don't need that much sugar in you anyway. But this is uh, what they're calling less than refreshing news about soda. Even sugar-free versions were associated with a higher risk of death in a study of 452,000 people in 10 countries. The study was published on Tuesday by the Journal of the American Medical Association, and they found that people who drank two or more glasses of soft drinks per day were more likely to die from all types of ailments compared to people who drank less than one glass per month. Um, so I kind of figure, you know what? I'd rather have one Sprite a week. I'm off soda. I only drink ginger ale now and, and no other kinds of sodas, no dark sodas, no um, no root beer. But if you're going to have one, I feel like you could have one, um, one a week or one every two weeks or something rather than drinking the diet versions. So this, the results of the study actually appear to support ongoing public health measures to reduce the consumption of soft drinks, which coincidentally, soft drink consumption is way down. Um, the study also found differences in health effects of drinks that contain sugar versus those that are artificially sweetened. Sugar sweetened soft drinks were associated with digestive disease deaths, which is a broad category that includes diseases of the liver, appendix, pancreas, intestines, and other illnesses. Again, your typical soda, 16 ounces, having like 19 teaspoons of sugar in it. That's why. That, that's the reason why it's associated with, with digestive problems because you're just basically dumping a whole bunch of liquefied sugar and it's carbonated as well, which has an acidic effect. Um, but higher consumption of the sugar-free versions was associated with deaths of circulatory diseases like ischemic heart disease, also, also known as coronary artery disease. So I think... You know, there, there's no link. Obviously, the researchers found no link between soft drink consumption and cancer deaths uh, for Alzheimer's. But it's worth looking into um, getting on a reduction regimen where you just basically taper them off. Um, or you can go cold turkey. Honestly, it's not as hard as you would think. Um, you just have to kind of put yourself on a moratorium for being around people who are going to be cracking open a soda because drinking soft drinks is often... Um, you can actually feel your taste buds be activated by the sound of someone opening a can of carbonated beverage. The sound that it makes and little bubbles popping and all that will make your, it basically is an automatic auto response where you want one. You can almost taste it. If you hear it, um, you, you, you'll want it. So you just have to kind of control your environment and you can totally cut it out. I was a person who drank one or two Sprites a week only on the weekends. And I didn't drink them during the week and I'd given up dark soda. And I found that it was absolutely um, just unbelievably hard at first because my family was still drinking them. So I just would say, hey, if you're going to, if you're going to drink that, you know, let, let me leave so you guys can open those up. And if I wasn't in the room when they opened them, they could have been drinking anything and I wouldn't have cared because it just literally was that I couldn't hear the soda, the actual can the popping of the bubbles, all of that. If I couldn't hear that or the sound of it being poured and the little bubbles popping, I was perfectly fine. So you can do it. I would say it's probably worth it considering what this uh, study has. You can find this link at listen.stacyontheright.com. Okay, so I promised you we'd talk about um, Megan McCain's gun comments. 
I'm a little perturbed, to be honest, because she is a gun supporter. She said she spent her break, her uh, most recent vacation in Wyoming, out in the middle of nowhere, shooting guns. So it seems like she would not call firearms as a firearm supporter. She wouldn't call them assault rifles. There is no such thing as an assault rifle. Every firearm is capable of helping a human being assault another human being. You can also assault people with knives, clubs, hands and feet. Um, you can hit someone with a chair. That's assault. Any item, when used by a person with malicious intent, can become an assault weapon. So the nomenclature is false. It is a misnomer, and it's something that's used to frighten people. And I, re- I for one, refuse to engage in that, but she apparently doesn't have a problem with it. Now, I want you to listen to what she had to say. I'm giving her kudos for sitting on that panel with those gun-grabbing nut jobs, um, Huntsman, Abby Huntsman, and and Whoopi Goldberg, actually, I don't think she's a real uh, nut for actually, like, confiscating guns. Um, she's probably like some comprehensive, you know, b- new background check legislation. But there was a total lack of informational knowledge on the panel. And so here's Megan McCain. She she brought some common sense to it. I think in media, there should be a person, the way you assign beats in journalism, I actually think there should be a gun beat. Because there's a lot of people on TV talking about guns that clearly have never shot a gun, don't know the difference between a semi-assault rifle and assault rifle. Uh, Vice President Biden, as you were saying, he actually said that he wants to uh, have a complete and total assault weapons ban. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives doesn't even define the term assault weapon, so that could basically mean any gun other than, I guess, a musket mm-hmm. in, in any way. So I think people mm-hmm. need to start so here she is calling for um, in reporters to have a gun beat, which would require them to go out and learn about guns. It would require them to say um, on a regular basis, they'd have to say what training they'd had, what ranges they'd visited, what guns they'd shot, what what holsters they'd tested. I mean, they, they would have to almost be in the position of reviewing guns. Now, I could tell you the reason why they don't do that, because the other woman on the panel looked disgusted when she suggested it. Because the only way to make something, to vilify it and to make it uh, like, a, you know, kind of like leprosy, you know, no touch, it's an untouchable, don't, don't touch it, don't talk about it, don't try to paint it in a favorable light, is you have to first have an a kind of a, an, a magical unicorn horse type ignorance about it. Then once you're ignorant of what it actually does, why people like using it, if you can just separate it off from yourself, then anyone who says, oh, I like to shoot guns, they're fine. You know, I shoot, I, you know, I, I sport, I shoot for sport or I'm a sport shooter, meaning I actually hope to one day go to the Olympics or I've won medals in high school or college for shooting firearms because I'm a marksman. If you can take away the possibility that people can use guns for sport, recreation, for fun, um, for, for, you know, even keeping yourself healthy because you're going to be a better shot if you're physically fit, et cetera. Once you take that away, then you can kind of make guns a boogeyman. And that is a really, really effective tool of the left. Because as long as we're talking about all of these laws that won't change the number of mass shootings, all of these laws that will have zero impact on criminals because criminals don't obey laws, then we can get away from the fact that wherever they've had their way and implemented gun control, there has been an utter increase in crime. The women of The View actually took the time out on, on this episode to, to try to paint the lowering of gun crime as something that's connected to the assault weapons ban of, what was it, 1984? or when, Whenever that was, we last had one that lasted for 10 years and then was allowed to expire by a democratically controlled Congress, by the way. Uh, so every time we talk about guns and we start talking about, well, which cities have the most gun control? Oh, they also happen to be the cities with the highest level of crime? Oh, then they want to change the subject. Well, those assault rifles, who needs an AR-15? Well, I mean, who needs a talk show with four ignorant, uninformed women on it? If this was about need, we wouldn't have anything because we don't need much to live. We just need a little food, a little water, a little shelter, some heating and some cooling, depending on what part of the country you live in. Uh, We don't need almost any of this stuff that we have. So this isn't about need. It's about the Constitution. Now, interesting. This is a fun little experiment if you want to have some fun with your liberal friends First, what is an assault rifle, you might think? Well, you know how I love to use my Bing search engine. 
If you go to Bing and type it in, you get 631,000 results. The first one says noun, a rapid fire magazine fed automatic rifle designed for infantry use, which means that no Americans in the civilian sector actually have these unless they're the grandfathered in versions. So they don't even know what they're talking about. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Kevin, thinking about saving for retirement? Yeah, but how do I start? It's easy with Avvo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avvo bet. A is for taking action. Not anxiety? No, Kevin, you're going to be fine. You sick? Barely. V is for variety. Huh, change up my strategy. Okay. O's for optimize your savings. Let Avvo lead the way. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. I have just one more little thing I will share with you when you go, when I was talking about going to the Bing search engine and looking at what Bing says an assault rifle is, um, there is a Wikipedia listing that's here as well. And the Wikipedia listing says an assault rifle is a selective fire rifle that uses an intermediate cartridge and detachable magazine. Assault rifles were first used during World War II, though Western nations were slow to accept the assault rifle concept. By the end of the 20th century, they had become the standard weapon in most of the world's armies, replacing full-powered rifles and submachine guns in most roles. Examples include the STG-44, AK-47, and the M-16, which, by the way, AR-15s are not these same types of guns. While an AR-15 has accessories that can be added to it, it does not have... Um, automatic fire capability unless you illegally remove the pin and it's a felony to do so. Or, um, it, it, again, just because it has a magazine that detaches doesn't make it an assault rifle. That makes it a long gun with a magazine. Um, 
so there are also under the people also ask, they have some questions that are similar to the one that I posed. Um, the firearms guide, what is and what is not an assault rifle. I will also link this. So if you want to share it, um, I, I think the big deal for me is that if it were an assault rifle, it wouldn't be so easy to get them because of so many of the people who've said, you know, you don't want military style rifles. Well, we don't have those. It's very hard to actually buy a semi-automatic weapon or and fully automatic weapon. And it takes a long time and it's very expensive, which is why not many people have them. And you're not buying newly made ones. You're buying ones that are a part of the existing stock of fully automatic weapons that are permitted to be sold under tax stamps by law. So it's a totally different scenario. Um, so this is at the firearms guide and it's, it's a great piece. And first of all, AR 15 stands for Armalite rifle. AR actually stands for Armalite. It's a rifle. AR 15 does not mean assault rifle. Um, the second thing is AR-15 is a specific model, right? F-150 is a model of a truck, right? AR-15 is a specific model. You can also buy an AR-10. You can buy an AR-30. Um, and I guess the thing for me is I can share with you. You can share. Talking about it is important. Using the right terms are important. But what I find most fascinating is how many reporters have been taken out by a law enforcement person or a Second Amendment supporter and they take them to the range and they let them fire an AR-15 and then, you know, maybe some type of, uh, maybe they go to an outdoor range and they fire a shotgun, a 12 gauge or a 20 gauge, and then they fire a semi-automatic handgun, they fire a pistol, um, a couple of different calibers, and then they come away and they'll say, first of all, wow, that was kind of fun. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, oh, I didn't realize there were so many different types of guns. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize that um, there was such a huge difference in the capabilities, but that most handguns are semi-automatic. I didn't realize that when you say a magazine, it's just what holds the bullets and your gun would be kind of useless if it only held one bullet. The same way that we don't punish journalists for using the internet. Um, when someone slanders someone or defames someone using the internet, we don't say, well, we need to eliminate the First Amendment and go back to a time when everybody read their newspaper um, by sharing it. Not everybody had access to a newspaper. We don't say we need to go back to a time. It used, there used to be a time that if you were a regular person, like you and me, those of us listening to this show, I mean, we might have some millionaires listening, but you know, for the most of the audience of this podcast and this live broadcast, we're just regular folks, working class, middle class, maybe some upper, you know, upper class, what have you. Back in the day, um, only wealthy people owned books. So, most people, even if they could read, the only book they really had access to was the Bible. And if they saw a newspaper, it was because someone brought it into their, you know, into their existence. And so the amount of information that they would consume over the course of their lifetime is what we normally consume in probably a day or even, you know, maybe even a week for some people. They're consuming that then over the course of their entire life. This is back, you know, in just after the dark ages, but there was obviously printed material. Now, should we hold people who don't agree with the Second Amendment because it only applies to muskets? Should we hold First Amendment proponents to that? I'm pretty sure they wouldn't, they wouldn't stand for it. They want to have access to the latest technology. And there's no reason why anyone else who's a supporter of the Constitution shouldn't understand that the founders knew that we would advance, but that the principles therein would be really, really important. So I want to give you a rundown of what happens after governments disarm their citizens. And this is this is all history. So anybody who's listening to the podcast who disagrees, please first figure out what you're disagreeing with on a historical level because I don't write history. I wasn't there for it. I'm just reporting. 1911, Turkey disarmed its citizens and between 1915 and 1917, they murdered 1.5 million Armenians. 
1929, Russia disarmed its citizens, and between 1929 and 1953, they murdered 20 million Russians. In 1935, China disarmed its citizens, and between 1948 and 1952, they murdered 20 million Chinese. In 1938, Germany disarmed its citizens, and between 1939 and 1945, the Germans murdered 16 million Jews. Now, I could go on and on and on, but it, it does it really matter? The pattern here is that governments are run by people. People can be corrupt. And without a countervening influence like massive gun ownership on the part of Americans, just look at how Antifa behaves. And they know that people own guns. They just don't care. They'll hit you with a concrete milkshake, burn you because that's acid. They'll beat the living daylights out of you with bats and clubs. They will destroy billions of dollars of private and public property. And they're doing that while they know that some of their some of their some people around them may or may not be armed. Now, admittedly, Antifa, one of their strongholds is Portland, Oregon. It's a liberal bastion. Not a lot of people up their own guns, but it, someone could own one. They could be in danger. Someone could try to defend themselves. So imagine what the same kind of people that some of those Antifa members work in government. Imagine what they would do if they thought we were all completely defenseless and unable to withstand an attack. The only reason they don't ride roughshod over the rural areas of this country right now, just listen to the way liberals talk about rural areas. They talk about rural Americans like they're animals. They live out there in the rural areas. They stink. They smell. They're uneducated. Their teeth are crooked. They say horrible things about rural area Americans. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So what do you think they would do if they thought nobody in America has a gun? And so you you might be thinking, well, Stacey, uh, geez, you sound so melodramatic. Come on, 400 to 600 million guns in this country. But other countries, other westernized developed nations have Im- instituted these gun buybacks. And look at Great Britain. In Great Britain, because you're not allowed to defend yourself, if you do defend yourself, you actually get thrown in jail, not the criminal. If a criminal comes and breaks into your home and you have a bat by the bed and they're literally wailing on you and beating you to a pulp and you pick the bat up and whack them with it so that you can defend yourself and you injure them, they will arrest you because they say it was premeditated because you had a bat by the bed. How do you get from here to there? Well, I went over the list of all of the concessions that Walmart, the company, has made to try to appease the gun grabbers, and now they're going to stop selling semi-automatic gun, handgun ammunition. Why? Because they think it will make the liberals get off their backs. They think that it will make them look good. They think it's a public relations move. It's not going to stop the liberals because they want everyone disarmed except the criminals. Because they don't know how to disarm the criminals, but they know how to disarm law-abiding citizens. You just incrementally, piece by piece, bit by bit, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You take away a little liberty here, a little liberty there, a little bit of gun control here, a little bit of gun control there. I mean, look at Joe Biden. If you want to understand how they're going to do it and how they're going to sell it to you, listen to the way Joe Biden keeps lying about that story. Uh, he's giving an award to some guy. Um, who is a, a, a military and the guy doesn't want the award. It's a group of stories, three different occurrences in his life that he's kind of mashed together into one memory. And when he's called on the fact that it's not accurate, he says the details aren't important. And that's what they'll say about gun control. Once they've disarmed one part of the populace, they'll say, well, the details aren't important. What's important is that you abide by the law. And when you say, well, the criminals still have guns, those are details that we can't really deal with right now. Why won't they want to deal with the details then after they've taken all your guns, all of our guns? Because they never want to deal with the details. Because if liberals were detail-oriented, they would never mention new laws to stop current gun crime. They would be looking at the details of fatherlessness, mental illness, and the spiral that people get on, the pathway that they get on, where they're just literally crying out for help, making threats, going online, doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's 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 almost canon now. All you have to do is look. Either the person is mentally ill or they bought the gun illegally or they stole it from a family member or some nincompoop straw person either gave it to them, loaned it to them, or uh, bought it for them. 
right? They're, they're, they're felons already, or they're already on some watch list if they're refugees or terrorists or something like that. There's always a prescription. I, I no longer am even surprised when they say, oh, well, he said he was going to, of course he did. Of course he said he was going to do something. Of course he was on Facebook. Here in St. Louis, everyone, well, not everyone, but a huge segment of black Americans are protesting at the Galleria Mall on a regular basis because an armed felon got shot. Now, I know you're thinking, wait a second. Yes, that's what I said. Yes, gird your loins. Some guy who was already had a warrant out for his arrest for illegally owning firearms had already shot some videos on Facebook. Um, in the videos, he shows off a gun in his waistband. He owns it illegally, but he's flaunting it on Facebook, on social media. He goes to the Galleria, which is a stupid gun-free zone. And the gun is in his waistband and his shirt rides up a little bit. He's not aware. And a on-duty police officer in the mall sees the uh, the 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 hand grip. So he goes over to the guy and he says, hey, no guns are allowed at the Galleria. So the felon <laughs> decides he's going to just run off. So he starts running. The police officer gives chase and chases him out of the Galleria across the parking lot, across the street and into a parking garage where as of right now, according to a press conference that was recently done, I think it was like yesterday afternoon, uh, the St. Louis City Police have issued a statement saying, according to surveillance cameras, he raised the gun at the police officer. So, you know, once you point a firearm at a, a law enforcement officer, you're going to get shot. This is, we just know these are, th- these are things that happen. Um, and if you don't accept that, if you think things are going to be different for you, cause your name, you have a cool nickname on, uh, Facebook, well, you know, you can always roll the dice, but, um, getting shot by a police officer is pretty much a sure thing if you point anything at them in your hand. Really, it doesn't even, you know, just if you want to get shot, point something at them while they're giving chase. So at first the narrative was, must be some hands up, don't shoot thing. Um, but it wasn't. It's not a hands up, don't shoot. It is an actual guy who he ran from the police because he knew he had a warrant out. Now, one way to not get stopped at the mall by a police officer is to, if you know you have warrants, is not to carry a gun. But apparently he said he had to carry it because, you know, people were out to get him. And so he was carrying it for his own personal protection. Regardless, people are protesting for no good reason. Because this is not some innocent guy who was just strolling along and a rogue police officer shot him in the back or he put his hands up and said, don't shoot. And both of his hands were empty and the gun and, you know, police officer shot him anyway, just gunned him down. This is a case of, yet again, someone who illegally owns firearms and people basically getting all emotional in their feelings over someone who made horrible choices and precipitated their own death. Now, of course, they're going to continue to investigate. We're going to learn more about exactly what happened. Apparently, they have 700 hours worth of uh, camera footage to go over because there are so many different cameras in the different areas where the chase ensued and they're going to review all of it before making a final determination what's otherwise known as an investigation uh, but the people are just raging mad about it and I, I just honestly don't understand why his family is upset because they lost their family member and I can understand that I don't understand why people are protesting for this guy so we started off by talking about the different versions of AR-10, AR-30, AR-15. Um, so if you're asking what is an assault rifle, an assault rifle, if we have to define it without, you know, basically giving into this idea that it has a true definition, according to the firearms guide, it says a, an assault rifle has a selectable firing mode or multiple selective firing modes, can fire in fully automatic mode. Um, select fire, meaning there's a switch to toggle between the different firing modes. One is called semi-automatic, which is the the firing mode of most handguns. And again, to define semi-automatic, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with guns, semi-automatic means when you squeeze the trigger, a bullet is fired. The spent bullet casing is ejected from the firearm. The next bullet round is loaded into the firing chamber. So semi-automatic meaning it does all of those things for you with one trigger pull. 
Now that's it. One trigger pull, one bullet fired. That's it. That's semi-automatic. It's how most handguns work. Fully automatic is you pull the trigger and hold it down and bullets continue to fly until you release the trigger. Huge difference between those. All right, we'll be right back. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life. But knowing your breasts can save it. Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Welcome back to the program. So it is as if that's not annoying enough, as if this entire conversation surrounding guns, again, where we we just allow people to talk about it. We don't hold anyone accountable for what they say. We don't have any standards of how the conversation can go. Sure, a lot of us understand what's being discussed, but many, 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 many times more people than understand basically people who know nothing of what they, they're t- discussing. They're out there, they're uninformed, and they're not anywhere on an informational path where they're going to learn and understand, which is why it's so important that we have this information available to us. Um, so listen.stacyontheright.com is where you can get the links that I shared today on the show, uh, what I discussed. And now I want to move over to Deborah Messing. Now you'll remember her from Will and Grace, and she has had this big dust up. She and her co-star on Will and Grace have actually lost their ever-loving minds. They went on Twitter because 
President Trump had a fundraiser in Hollywood. And uh, of course, it's well attended because there are people in Hollywood who voted for President Trump and plan to vote for him again. And so what they did was she found out about the fundraiser. She tweeted out that what we need is a list of the people who are donating money to President Trump, a list of people who went. Now, the reason she wants that list is so she can put the people who actually went to this fundraiser, put them out in public and make them feel bad, vilify them, um, possibly destroy their livelihoods. She said she doesn't want to work with these people. And her Will and Grace co-star said, yeah, uh, we put the list out so we can decide who it is we do and don't want to work with. Well, I don't know. Um, wow. Hollywood people are so fascist. They literally don't believe you have the right to your own opinion. So of all the people for me to be playing some audio of her actually getting something right, it's Whoopi Goldberg. Pretty sure it's broken, broken clock syndrome, but here it is. I mean, take a listen to this. I was actually shocked by the, the she's strong here. I'm, I'm, I was sitting there like, what, what are my ears hearing? What do my eye, what, what do my ears just hear? Are my eyeballs working? Am I looking at the right website? Check it. Yeah. Then, then listen, why not? last time people did this, yeah. people ended up killing themselves. Yeah. yeah. This is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen, your general. your yeah, idea of who you don't want to work with is your personal business. Do not encourage people to print out lists because the next list that comes out, your name will be on, and then people will be coming after you. No one, you we nobody. We had something called the blacklist, and a lot of really good people were accused of stuff. Nobody cared whether it was true or not. They all, they were accused and they lost their right to work. You don't have the right in this country. People can vote for who they want to. That is one of the great rights of this country. You don't have to like it, but you, we don't, we don't go after people because we don't like who they voted for. We don't go after them that way. We can talk about issues and stuff, but we don't print out lists. And I'm sure you guys misspoke when you said that because you it sounded like a good idea. Think about it. Read about it. Remember what the blacklist actually meant to people and don't encourage anyone, anyone to do it. So I think she was really strong there. And I'm glad she was strong there on the show because I think if she hadn't been, uh, Sonny Hostin and others, um, they would have continued down the road they were on. I didn't clip their audio because I was, I was really surprised to hear them saying what they were saying that people should be outed. That what are you ashamed of? If you're voting for, uh, President Trump, you shouldn't be ashamed that donor lists are public. But that's not what Deborah Messing is talking about. She's not talking about people going online and going to the FEC database or someplace like that and pulling down a a list of names. She's talking about after you've pulled that list down, then you go out and you publish what you saw on the list and you get a mob together and y'all all make the people who voted or donated, you make them feel bad. You know, get get on over here. And let's make people feel bad for the choices that they've made as far as who they want to support for the president. Let's impact their livelihoods. Let's prevent them from making any money. If they live and work in Hollywood, let's make sure that they can't live or work here anymore. That's the difference. So it's one thing for me to go online and look on a database and say, oh, um, all of these people in this county donated to President Trump and these ones voted or, or donated to Elizabeth Warren. It's another thing for me to take that list, copy it, paste it onto a blog, tweet that out and say, these demonic individuals deserve to never, ever work in St. Louis again. See the difference? The difference, One, I could even say, I'm going to send mailers out to these people who donated to Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to send them some materials about President Trump. I'm going to send them a couple of signs and some informational mailers. There's nothing against the law in doing that. I'm going to send them a letter asking them to donate to President Trump instead because of these issues. Nothing wrong with doing that. Publicly available information isn't in and of itself a bad thing. It's what you do with it. And what Deborah Messing and her co-star are advocating for is making sure that people are punished for their political actions. Now, 
I want to be clear here. This kind of crazy talk doesn't just emanate from leftists, but leftists are the most vocal about it. Uh, and, and so they've had a backlash. They're actually now experiencing this horrible, uh, kind of, <laughs> it's, it's, well, I won't say it's horrible. It's what they deserve because they're advocating for the kind of horrible things that, as Whoopi Goldberg said, um, you don't want, you don't want those things to happen. You don't want people to be under that kind of pressure. Um, but they are facing a backlash and they've had to walk it back. Um, now, walking it back doesn't mean they've actually changed what they believe. Whoopi says they can vote for who they want to. People can. Um, Deborah Messing says that's not what she meant. <laughs> um, so what she said was um, that she wants there to be a list. And then after she went through and received all of the negativity on Twitter and, and Facebook, then she said, well, no, we just, we just want people to be held accountable. Well, what, if, what exactly do you think people are thinking that you said? People understand what you said and, and they're exhausted by it and they're sick of it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe that she and her co-host have really changed their minds about what they said. I think they don't like being called out on it. They just expected a lot of sycophancy and, you know, people kind of worshiping them online saying, Oh, you're so great. Yeah. Your ideas are so good. Um, and that's not the only time they've ever said anything. They also said nasty things about, um, other gun supporters and public you know, figures after each mass shooting, you can find Deborah Messing on Twitter, just tweeting out the most awful, vile things because she just doesn't have any sense. So, all right, I'm going to pivot over. Um, I promised we were going to talk about the huge wage gains. So job hopping young workers are getting huge wage gains. And this is according to Business Center. Uh, young Americans got an eye-popping 7.6% pay increase from late 2017 to late 2018, according to a survey of 2,000 Americans by the D.C.-based Conference Board, a business-run economic research center. The good news was also touted by President Trump and the White House. President Trump tweeted out the last three years of Trump policy have finally brought real hope and real change. Um, unemployment this year hit a 50-year low with with himself. We've seen the lowest ever African-American and Hispanic unemployment. The booming Trump economy has pushed up workers' wages. And young people are more likely to get these pay raises in the Trump economy because they're more willing to switch employers. So young workers are more likely to be new hires. When you hire someone new, you have to go to the market and those wages are much more sensitive to labor market conditions. So for people who've stayed in the same position or with the same same company for a lengthy amount of time, um, the company kind of gets used to you and, you know, it's kind of like an old, very comfortable bathrobe. The relationship is assured. You know, the bathrobe's not going anywhere. And so there's less likelihood that you're going to get huge pay increases. While people who are job hunting, it's like you see that candidate that you want and you want to offer them a little bit extra so they'll sign with you as opposed to your competitor because they've got more than one offer. Then that's how young people are kind of basically maximizing their income during this time where jobs are, the job market is, is very fluid and there is a lot of competition for the very best candidates. Now, these are, to be specific, according to the Wall Street Journal, American workers under the age of 35 who are reporting being happier with their paychecks than people over 55 for the first time since 2011. Now, uh, the share of workers satisfied with their paychecks rose to 46.4% in 2018 from 43% in 2017, an increase that mirrors federal data showing wage growth accelerated in 2018. The biggest leap came from the millennials and Gen Z, whose enthusiasm for their compensation shot from 36% in 2017 to 46% a year later. Um, so that's, that's good news. I love good news. And I think it's wonderful when we get a chance to um, actually uh, just, it's a celebration, yes, but it's also great for young people. And my hope is that young people will connect this newfound increase in their pay with the economy that's brought to them by President Trump. This is not an economy you're going to get under Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren or any of the other Democratic candidates because they want to increase taxes, implement new regulations, and roll back any cuts and benefits that have been instituted under the Trump administration. So just remember that. If you're looking at your paycheck and your 401k and you're feeling satisfied and blessed, 
if you want to do something to end that, then you're voting against President Trump. But if you want to see more of that, leave things as they are. He's going to just bring more of that. At least we know he's not going to work to stop it, right? We don't know what the economic future actually is going to be. The economic realm is very volatile and it's driven by a lot of different market factors and consumer sentiments, but we can at least say we know he's not going to undo the things that he's done to get us to this point. So last but not least, and this one, this is kind of a rough story, but I I need to share it because we're all grownups here and actions have consequences. So you have this Maryland County, Montgomery County, Maryland, just recently over the summer, they declared themselves a sanctuary city. And now they're getting the crime that comes along with that. A man has been accused of raping a 15-year-old girl in her grandmother's bedroom. This man has been deported from the United States less than three years ago. His name is Emilio Hernandez, 37, of Hyattsville, and he's currently charged with second-degree rape, sex abuse of a minor, third-degree sex offense, and fourth-degree sex offense. He's, again, 37 years old, and he raped her, this 15-year-old girl, at her relative's house. This is the seventh undocumented immigrant arrested in Montgomery County, Maryland, on rape and sex abuse charges Since July 25th. So what did they do in the month preceding that? They declared themselves a sanctuary county, which means they will not cooperate with deportation orders by Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, which means that they're basically saying to illegal aliens who want to commit crime, come commit your crime here, because while you will be prosecuted, you won't be deported. So they come, they commit the crimes and then go get three hots on a cot in jail which is still better than where they came from in Honduras, Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a multiple sexual assault case where he has raped this girl multiple times. Um, and then, you know, the details are just devastating. He's being held without bond. And there's been a statement issued from Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and I'll read it to you as we go out here. On August 30th, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement officers in Baltimore lodged a detainer with the Montgomery County Detention Center on unlawfully present Honduran national Emilio Hernandez. He was previously arrested by immigration officials on March 30th of 2017 and ordered removed. He was removed to his country of citizenship and re-entered the U.S. sometime thereafter. And because they're not cooperating, this guy was able to go out and rape Again, depressing. Let's keep praying that people will come to their senses and not participate in this lunacy that is declaring areas sanctuaries for illegal aliens. Okay, God bless you. Have a fantastic evening. We'll be back with more tomorrow.